the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, especially the more money is complicated. It's not that complicated. You got to earn more, you got to invest more, and you got to save more. A lot of people are able to focus on one of those three things. And some people get so hung up that they think, oh, I just got to get a, a side hustle. If I get a side hustle, everything will fall into place. And there's no big picture. And you really, really want the big picture, if at all possible, in my opinion. Um, stock markets are always great to look at. Um, but you don't want to get too caught up in the day-to-day. I think there are great stories. And I think that's really a wonderful thing. The seed's been planted for a positive day today. You got Coca-Cola, big international company, better than expected numbers. United Technologies, they make a lot of industrial equipment. Lockheed Martin, they make a lot of defense and aerospace equipment. Better than expected numbers. Hasbro, uh, they make dolls and uh, figurines and toys. Better than expected. Biogen, JetBlue, better than expected. Sherwin-Williams. Sherwin-Williams is a big one because it's stuff that we put inside our home, whether it's paint that we love um, or goodies, Anytime you see something like a Home Depot, a Sherwin-Williams, anytime you see someone like a Pottery Barn type company um, do well, it, it's giving you a reflection on the housing market. So numbers are good. The IMF came out today and said, you know, we may have to do what we don't want to do. Once again, cut global economic growth as risks, risks are remaining to the downside. The global economy is expected to expand by 3.2% in 2019. The revised economic growth figure is one-tenth of a percentage point lower than the IMF had forecast during the month of April. So the numbers aren't getting better. They're not being revised higher. They're being revised slightly lower. Risks to the forecast are on the downside, so says the IMF. Now, this is important because the hip bone is truly connected to the shoulder. And you're saying, man, that's one messed up person. Hip bone connected to the shoulder? Yeah, that's how Wall Street works, and that's how the world economy works at this point in time. It is interconnected. The IMF trimming its forecast for global economic growth uh, because the U.S.-China trade wars. Uh, a little bit of Brexit worries and inflation kind of being staying muted. Inflation's a good thing and a bad thing. You don't want too much of it, but you don't want too little of it either. Too little becomes disinflationary. When prices fall, uh, the, the middlemen, the people making goods that we consume, don't have pricing power. And we kind of wait, and it gets worse. And when we wait, it gets worse or worser. And when we wait, it gets worse or worser. So the conflict between the United States and China has dampened expectations for economic growth and corporate profits. 
So the IMF, that's not a small one. That's kind of a big one. Now, here's an example, some real-world examples of how U.S. and China are affecting us. The ongoing trade war, it's for real. If you go to Hawaii, you'll see a much slower steady flow of Chinese tourists. As of June, Chinese visitor arrivals have dropped by about 36 36% compared to the same period last year. That's pretty powerful. If you live and work in Hawaii and your number one gig is service, whether it be massages or hotels or you know dinners, restaurants for tourism, you're in trouble. Nearly 10 million travelers from around the world visited the Loha State sun-soaked islands to generate about 18 billion tourism. About 20% of those visitors travel from Asia. Kauai would like to capture more of the lucrative market, but two federal issues diminish their growth opportunities, visa requirements, and the Trump administration's antagonistic, uh, antagonistic uh, trade practices. So Hawaii is very much so saying, this is a problem. The Chinese have an appetite to travel, and they do so with fat wallets. Hawaii would like to lay out our welcome beach mat, but we cannot do so. The federal government doesn't unlock our door. So that's one real example of the trade war hitting the U.S. Now, I know you're saying, I don't feel sorry for this Hawaiians. I've been to enough luau's in my lifetime. I don't know. need to hit another one. It's not exactly the way that works. Exports are also falling in Napa, hit by the 93% tax. That's a big one. Um, and again, that may not be something that you're upset about, and uh, but it's a big industry. And the Napa wine industry had to deal with fires last year. This year, they're dealing with um, fewer Chinese tourists as well as fewer Chinese exports. So the value of U.S. wine exports to China dropped by 25% in 2018 when the first retaliatory tariffs hit from 2017. This China trade war has been going on a while. Um, there is a <laughs> Yao Ming. Remember that seven foot six tall, huge basketball player. I think he played with the Houston Rockets. He's got a winery in St. Helena. And obviously he's going to be exporting a lot of his wine back to China. He's a beloved figure there. So, and when you're a beloved figure, who doesn't want to drink Michael Jordan water? or Yao Ming wine. So the value of U.S. wine is down 25% for the exports to China in just one year. And that goes back to 2018 before things got even worse. As far as tariffs go, that affected 2019. So open door policies obviously are a very popular uh, international way of doing business. For Yao Ming, whose most popular offering sells for $95 and the most expensive bottle tops out of 258 the tariff effects are so extreme that his vineyard may accelerate plans to produce wine in China to avoid the levies in the United States. Now, I'm guessing Yao Ming's uh, winery in Napa isn't filled with only Chinese citizens, right? So you're starting to see American jobs getting hit. So those are just some real-life examples. And again, I'm not here to, to bum you out. I'm not here to depress you. Um, that's just not my thing. Harley-Davidson second quarter sales continue to slide as profit falls 19%. Didn't I say today looks good because of Coca-Cola? Let's focus on that good for just a second. Coca-Cola, I like to buy the world a Coke. Do, 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 do. It's pretty iconic, right? Oh, Some days, the iconic bottle pop opening... 
is better than a home run bat out of the park. Coca-Cola reported quarterly earnings and revenue that beat forecasts. Now, again, for them, it's about margins. It's not about how many more cases they can sell. It is about how many more cases they can sell because that hits margins, but it's not like they've come up with Coca-Cola 3.0, although they kind of have. It's zero sugar line once saw double-digit growth volume across the globe. It threw in about 4% volume. But the company reiterated its 2019 earnings forecast and basically said things look good. And that's a good thing when the IMF is saying things around the world look like they're deteriorating a little bit. Coca-Cola Energy uses caffeine from naturally derived sources, and it's available in 14 countries. They do have a lot of product innovation, and they've got a lot of scale that a lot of people can't keep up with. You can find me online at Rob Black's show. Check out the new webpage, newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. It's earnings season, a time that I truly, truly love. I know that sounds goofy to say out loud because some people like... You know, college football season and March Madness, and uh, some people love spring as the the clothes get skimpier and the as the weather warms up, and well, the flowers come out. Earning season is kind of a time to tell the truth, and I dig that. Um, again, not for everyone, and I totally understand that. It's time where you kind of get to see what the companies are willing to show you after 90 days. And because they're publicly traded, they show you a lot. Um, private companies don't have to, but public companies do. And they have uh, SEC filings that are super important. So that's out there to you know try to grasp and comprehend that report cards come out every 90 days. One of the companies that's going to be coming forward and reporting numbers is a company called Snap. Now, what's worthy to note about Snap is it's had a rough run. When you take a look at the last couple of years, had a low, I believe, of about five bucks. IPO'd right around twenty dollars. Uh, now it's at fourteen, twenty-two to five to fourteen. You would say that the last year has been a slow, steady march higher to fourteen-dollar area, and it's kind of holding it now. When you take a look at the earnings, there aren't any. That's a little bit of a problem. But when you take a look at the big picture, Facebook has all sorts of problems right now. You've got a CEO who is regularly being called out by world leaders, asked to testify now about security. A couple weeks from now, asked to testify about privacy. So you see how that's kind of playing. They're out of Santa Monica. They're one of the companies I'm going to be paying attention to because they have a chance to kind of like sneak up on Facebook while Facebook is focusing in on government regulation. Of course, they still have plenty of time to copy the innovation that other companies like Snap does put out there. It's not a one-player-takes-all. Snap, if they could show some sort of stabilization and growth metrics, that's all Wall Street needs to say, I love you again. I love you. Sorry that I took you all the way down to five. But now that you're at 14, I think I could take you to 18. Snapchat phone app burst onto the social media scene, and it was kind of a phenomenon, a lot like uh, Fortnite, and Fortnite's starting to wane now, finally. Or is it? We'll find out if they come up with anything in Season 10 that's probably about 10 days away. But Snap, the messages disappeared after a few seconds, unless the receiver captured them, and you weren't supposed to kind of capture them. 
So some of the, the snaps were playful. Some of them were honest. Um, if your dad's, you know, sending you a snap and saying, okay, Monica, you need to be home at 11 o'clock. Monica doesn't need to save that kind of thing. There's, there's messages that weren't meant to be saved. There's pictures that are goofy at in the moment and they're not meant to be saved. Snapchat's parents makes money by selling access to its users, an average of about 160 million a day to advertisers. Um, so snap's kind of a big one. And as they report numbers, we're, when I say we, Wall Street, when I say we, it's also New Focus Financial. When I say we, it's also a radio show like this because it's good and easy story to tell. Um, so Stifle, that's a research firm. They upgraded Snap recently and said it's a $17 stock that upped their price target from 13 to 17 Companies trading around 14 So it kind of makes a little bit of like it's fallen into its place. It's not You're not too late to the party. They see some upside of about $3, $4 a share. If you have a bad day today, it's $4 a share. If you have a good day out of the market, it's probably two and a half, three dollars $3 a share. They think that the second quarter of 2019 could see noise related to significant sales force reorganization, so it may not be a great quarter. But they're optimistic as a research firm on Snap's growth prospects in the second half of 2019. The beauty about Wall Street is it doesn't care what you did today. It's what we do for tomorrow. And uh, it's kind of like a bad Nicolas Cage movie where he's been drinking all the time. He's like, I love you so much. Uh, I'm a loser. I drink all the time. I, I crash weddings. I'm such a loser. But the next six months, I love you. I love you. I'm going to get my act together. The next six years, yeah, I'm going to love you. And like the movie ends happily ever after until <laughs> the sequel where Nick Cage drinks again. So Snap stock is up 160% this year. It's tough to say that you like it. It's tough. They're under pressure as users and advertisers left Snap's platform in 2017. Company's restructuring as it focuses on younger users, stepping up efforts in augmented reality and improving its advertising business. Whether you like the company or not, Evan Spiegel, um, he did some great things and he's done some stupid things. Headquartering in Southern California probably has its pluses and probably has its minuses. From a technology standpoint, some minuses. From a sales and media standpoint, probably some pluses. So revenue is supposed to grow about 37% year over year. That's what I'm going to be looking for. That's my number one note that I've underlined in their conference call. It's not earnings. It's revenue growth. The company has a market value of about $19 billion. Um, you know, I've told you that Google once stole YouTube for a couple billion dollars amazing steal. And everyone laughed at them when they did it. Facebook tried to get Snap for $3 billion, and it's currently worth about $19 billion. And a lot of analysts say that the company's kind of being overlooked. So listening on earnings calls is not a lot of fun because sometimes you're on hold, you're on hold, you're playing, you're hearing music, you're hearing music. But if you get a chance to hear the conference call, after the earnings report, the earnings report more or less is a glorious piece of press release. The earnings call afterwards is some insight into what the analysts are thinking. You'll hear something along the lines of, hey, Evan, uh, congratulations on that revenue growth number. And you should write down revenue growth number. And uh, so, so, Evan, congratulations on the revenue growth number. Um, how's the platform working on Android at this point in time? Android's got a lot more users than Apple. But this was kind of an Apple-centric app for a good long while. So Snap hired up some engineers and said, let's make the 
Android app as good as the Apple app. So we're going to be hearing about the Android redesign. And for the record, oh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's remember this. A couple years ago, Evan Spiegel and his team redesigned the app, the Snap app. And you saw people get really upset with it. Um, the Jenner girl, the, the billionaire Jenner girl. <laughs> Is that all I need to refer to her as? She saw the redesign and she basically said, I'm going to pull all my followers from Snap and I'm going to go to Instagram or I'm going to go somewhere else. And you're hearing about the speed of influencers changing platforms and the speed of influencers like Kylie Jenner saying, you know, we need Instagram to help us, not to help themselves. And that's kind of a story inside of a story. Billionaire Kylie Jenner. Oh, love it. Only in America. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, big new website at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Your time is the name of the game. I hope you appreciate that. Um, you got to have a big brother or an uncle. Think of me as that person. Don't think of me as a father. Big brother or uncle is fine. Uh, even though I am old enough to be some of yours, moms and dads, so to speak. Um, wow. Things to talk about on today's market. First and foremost, there's a lot of analyst calls. During earnings season, analysts do those conference calls. They go back and they crunch their numbers. So I already talked about Snap being upgraded to a buy ahead of their numbers. Taking a look at discounted cash flow. Taking a look at 2023 earnings expectations. Um, they're taking a look at the ARPU, the average revenue per user. So different metrics are going to appear attractive to different analysts. Um, some industries, you don't have to make money. Beyond Meat is a story where it has to get more penetration into supermarket stores, but it also has to get more facilities to make their goodies. Bank of America upgraded Columbia Sportswear to buy from neutral. Now, first and foremost... What does that make you feel when you hear Bank of America upgraded Columbia Sportswear? Sportswear, right? So you're thinking probably Adidas. You're thinking Nike, uh, VF Corporation. And then you start running out of ideas on sportswear. So it's a pretty small field. You may go as far as Lululemon, who sells the stuff. You may go Under Armour as well. And they all have different components. Some of them are younger than others. Some of them are bigger than others. But the valuation that Bank of America sees for Columbia Sportswear is in line with its peers. So Columbia isn't nearly as sexy, per se, as a Nike, but they sell a lot more utility and industrial clothes. So they say clothes deserve a valuation, and you have to kind of start figuring out who gets the premium valuation, who gets the discounted valuations. And sometimes the best company in a sector might just be the one that's been the most ignored. It's really up to you to start determining how you're going to do this. <laughs> Excuse me. Loop Capital initiated Bloomin' Brands as a buy. Now, when it comes to restaurants, I don't have a lot of patience beyond Starbucks and McDonald's. You can look at a Chipotle. You can like you could look at them, but you start getting into the position of, am I taking on too much in restaurants? Bloomin' Brands just ain't my thing. Top line drivers, compelling risk reward. 
the analyst Loop Capital is initiating coverage of Bloomberg Brands with a buy rating as we see a discounted valuation versus the company's fundamentals, and there, therefore we view the risk reward as compelling. I've got a friend who's got a great conspiracy theory, and I think he's right. I don't believe in a lot of conspiracy theories. One of them I do believe in is Bigfoot. I think Bigfoot's this big hairy guy who walks around the beaches in New Jersey. I've seen him before. Only for a glimpse, the chubacabra disappeared. But he was real, real hairy. So taking a look at conspiracy theories, a friend of mine, his conspiracy theory is all restaurants have great food the first three years, and then they start supplementing in the, the lower quality stuff. And we're not supposed to catch on. His example was like, man, I remember going to Outback Steakhouse, Bloomin' Brands, and uh, their steaks were great. Like, And you felt like you were getting, they were cooked great, they were hot, they were fresh, they were big, they were juicy, they were tender. They were all that. And then they started changing it. <laughs> not saying that they supplemented, you know, high quality steak with dog or anything like that. But the same theory he had with Chicken McNuggets. He thinks in the first three years that Chicken McNuggets came out, that it was all white meat. It looks like it was just taken off the bone in a tender and loving way. I know you're saying, how do you take meat off a bone in a tender and loving way? It's probably not as easy as it sounds. But that's his conspiracy theory. I don't know. For the record, um, Bloomin' Brands is also more than just Outback. And this is where Wall Street gets kind of fun. Uh, Carrabba's Italian Grill, Bonefish Grill, Fleming's Prime Steakhouse and Wine Bar, um, so interesting thing about Fleming, if you do what I do, you kind of get this crazy knowledge that is both useful for weird trivia and radio shows, but useless in the real world. You know, the company PF Chang's, I'm sure you know, PF Chang's, right? Stop and just think about it for a second. PF Chang's and you think Chinese restaurant. Without the, you know, super hot kitchen that they're, you know, the order number one, number 16, it's, it's kind of like an American version of a Chinese restaurant. Now, what's interesting to, to note about P.F. Chang's, it's publicly traded. Um, it's an upscale American Chinese restaurant. They also own P.F. Chang's China Bistro. They operate over 200 full-service Asian-style bistro restaurants in about 40 states. Chains restaurants offer stylish dining areas, display kitchens, big narrative murals from the Chinese designs. And yet there's absolutely nothing at all Chinese about it, which is, to me, the best thing about it. Um, and I know you're saying, let's stop and think about what Rob Black's saying there. PF stands for Paul Fleming. And remember I was just talking about Outback, how there's a Fleming Steakhouse. You've probably been to Fleming's Steakhouse. P.F. Chang's no longer uh, traded, by the way. They're one of those... The whole restaurant industry seems to go private equity uh, every couple years, and they kind of... Private equity um, restructures the company and says, okay, well, we don't really need a P.F. Chang's in uh, Amarillo, Texas, because the Amarillians don't really care about China. They hate China, in fact. They want to make America great again and close P.F. Chang's. P.F. Paul Fleming is with the Paul in the Changs. And you've heard about Fleming Steakhouse, right? Uh, so if you get a time, Google uh, Paul Fleming and do the Wikipedia. And what you're going to see is like, wow, this guy's a restaurateur. Um, P.F. Changs, Fleming's Prime Steakhouse, Pee Wee Asian. And 
you know, he did the franchise rights for Ruth's Chris um, in California, Arizona, and Hawaii. So Hawaii was probably a very lucrative market for something like a, a expensive steakhouse at one point in time. Um, and then he basically saw Ruth Chris come public and said, hey, I could do that with Fleming's Prime Steakhouse and Wine Bar. Uh, Fleming's is operated in a joint venture now with Bloomin' Brands, and there's volume and size when restaurants get together and kind of bond together into, as a group. You've probably seen some restaurants in your hometown that uh, there's two or three successful ones. There's, you know, uh, if you go up to Truckee and Lake Tahoe, there's one in Bar of America. And then there's, you know, there's a, I think it's called Manzanita. The Bar of America is American high-end food. And then Manzanita is this high-end Mexican food. And, you know, there's uh, other ones that are inside the group and you've probably seen restaurants work in a group before, right? I think you have, I know San Carlos has one that is tied to three or four restaurants and the, the mothership is, is town, but they're not all high end steakhouses or high end restaurants, all a little bit different, so to speak, um, as far as what they can offer. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm hearing more, or maybe I'm seeing more, or maybe I'm noticing more, I'm not sure which, but that's kind of a clue that catastrophic stock market volatility is coming. Bring it on. Probably one of the worst things in the world and the best things in the world is riding roller coasters that go upside down and go really fast. The stock market, when it gets volatile, it will hurt you in mentally. You'll go, I can't take this anymore. I just watched a million dollars become 800000 But in reality, what you watched was 200000 become a million, become 800000 you just caught up in the moment. And there's that U2 song. Caught up in the moment. And yeah, caught up in the moment is very emotional. It's very, it's, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah, and you just killed t-shirts for me. You wear your t-shirts way too tight and your, your, your man chest stuff going on is, it's, it's disgusting to look at. So there you go, Simon. Yeah, yeah. I know you're saying, have you ever watched a whole episode of American Idol, Rob? And the answer to that is no. Um, somehow I get more productivity in life by not watching what everyone else watches. Um, you know, I want to go back to a quick story because we have a couple minutes here. Harley Davidson, second quarter sales. Um, if you leave the coasts of the United States and you get a little inland, say 50 miles from the ocean, you'll see a lot of of, of of motorcycles, a lot of Harley Davidsons, uh, but they've put their future. They got a problem. They got tariffs coming with the whole European Union. They got China problems. Then they have, you know, they make a high quality product, which isn't cheap. It's expensive, but it appeals more to my generation and the older generation, the baby boomers, and it does say to the millennials. The millennials want electric bikes. And that's what Harley Davidson's focusing in on. And I go, soccer blue, how dare you change your colors? But they're going to have to because bigger bikes are falling out of favor with younger riders. And they make big bikes. The hog is the ticker symbol of them all, ticker symbol H-O-G. Uh, we'll talk about Harley and many more other things on the show in the future. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com or Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. The Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, and the Russell 2000 that are all having great years. Almost to the point that you almost want to say enough. Take a break. 
I don't know if you've ever seen a kid go full bore and try to win a game. An eight-year-old stepping up and carrying his team on his back. At some point in time, you just want to say, dude, take a break. You don't got to build Rome in a day. Same thing with Wall Street. Elizabeth Warren, we're moving into 2020 pretty quickly. First half of the year, we had a nice year. Now, roughly in about a year, in two or three months, we're going to decide the next president of the United States. Elizabeth Warren is in the running. And earlier this week, she talked about an an impending economic collapse in the United States. And she offered no proof other than fear. And I don't like that because that can kind of gather some momentum in people's heads and become a problem. This week, she's also announced yet again Student Loan Debt Relief Act of 2019. She's doing everything she can to get elected. Very populist. Hey, old people shouldn't pay taxes. Students shouldn't have debt. Everything should be great. person who flips hamburgers should make as much as someone who codes for Facebook. No one's really saying that, but that's kind of a populist feeling. I've seen one Democratic uh, presidential candidate say $20 minimum wage. What's the basis of that? Not much, other than it's a good thing to say. And it, it's we've, we've seen some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, countries in Europe thinking about, like, hey, why don't we just give people money? <laughs> just give them money. Um, yeah, it, it's not going to work, but yeah, why don't we? Warren's plan attack on student debt is pretty straightforward. She wants to cancel debt, but she also wants to reform the predatory or lousy student loan system that's in place. And she wants to make college free for all. She's starting to look a little bit like a screamer. Do you remember when Hillary Clinton was winding down the election cycle with Donald Trump? She was campaigning so much that she was always screaming. And you're like, that's not very ladylike, or that's not very presidential. But that's what we have in the United States is our political system. Sometimes it's the people who make the most noise who get elected, right? So there's more than a trillion dollars in outstanding student loans. And I, I, I get that's a problem. And if you make college free, you're going to put about 17,000 institutions in the United States out of business because colleges, even though they're supposed to be not for profit, they pay a lot of people from tuitions. So are you ready to see 17,000 colleges potentially collapse? I'm not fear mongering. I, I know they're not all going to collapse, but when you make college free, a lot of them will. Um, and a lot of the colleges in the United States are doing things that help our economy down the road that you may not know about. Teaching young doctors how to use a microscope to figure out how to look at cancer, to f- find new ways to treat cancers. Um, if it's an agricultural school, how do we cut down on the ozone or how do we you know, increase the, the crop yields with less water? If it's an engineering school, it could be something along the lines of if we make smart highways, can we flow traffic better? And these are all things that are very doable and they're all you know, born out of the college system. It's a lot like NASA and NASCAR. I love those institutions. NASA, yeah, we spend millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars trying to figure out, you know, rocket propulsion technology. But they also come up with inventions to solve problems. Going into space and going to Mars is all about solving problems. Because if you make a mistake in space, you die, right? 
Same thing with NASCAR. They are allowed to, and I'm just making this up. They are allowed to, every car is allowed to have 650 horsepower of torque. Um, so they have to figure out how to get more wind shear, or they have to figure out how to get less braking power, more braking power, or uh, aerodynamics. They have to figure that all out in NASCAR. And you know where that comes to is luxury cars. And you know where luxury car innovations come to? Every car built in America. So that's a good thing. I like the innovations that come out of NASCAR and NASA. Oh, so back to Elizabeth Warren, tackling student debt. There will be ramifications if we do free college. Now, again, I'm, I'm good with the whole free high school thing. I get it. Take our taxpayer money and put it back into high schools. The downside is, is every state differs, and every county and every uh, municipality differs. And then some states have set it up to you know, rob the rich counties to pay for the poor counties. Like the best example I can give you, Prop 13 sucks. It, it really hurt education in the United States because it gave the governor a lot of power to bounce debt around into different places or bounce tax receipts into different places. Um, but I, I, I'm for the free college concept within reason. But I could show you also like housing taxes and going to student loans and uh, student schools and such. If you take a look at Tahoe, Chucky, it's about three hours east of the Bay Area. It's not densely populated. It's, it's loosely populated. And there's a lot of homes up here that sit empty, second owner homes, um, that people pay taxes on. And those property taxes go to the schools in the local area, the Tahoe-Truckee area, even though there's not that many students going to Tahoe-Truckee. Their schools are pretty darn nice compared to the schools in the East uh, Bay and Peninsula, where it's densely populated. But because of that, there's more schools that need more funding. Anyhow, you get the idea. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Elizabeth Warren's turning out to be probably a nightmare for Wall Street. Uh, because you don't think through your plans of, like, let's give free college, and you put 17,000 universities out of a job, and you kill a lot of innovation, but you just gave people free college. How about a year of community college to start, and let's build from there? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.